the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Confession. Thanksgiving. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that was in me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals you of your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Thanksgiving. You're just thanking God for things. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are blessed and honored that you've chosen to spend time with us today, and we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, Pastor Keith continues our study from the Gospel of Matthew entitled, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. So if you have your Bibles... Please return with us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Now the Pharisee couldn't even look up, and Daniel turned his face to the Lord. So it's not about positions. What about locations? Well, Daniel was carried away into exile in Babylon. The apostle Paul was in prison. And then, of course, there's Jonah, the world's most successful and unhappy evangelist. Look at uh, Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Here's a location for you. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet again shall I look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds, talking about seaweed, Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. 
I went down to the land, to the pit. Oh, Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you and into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope and steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah up on the dry land. Now, old Jonah is all over the place. Can you imagine? He's near the surface. He's diving diving down to the depths of the sea, to the roots of the mountains. As far as, you know, proper clothing, he's got seaweed wrapped around his neck. Then he gets vomited up on the shore. I'm sure he kept praying. Probably didn't smell too good, looked too good. And the other thing is, when a fish is swimming, and if you've ever been in a plane when it's maneuvering, you can, or in a car that's out of control, you bounce all over the place. And so Jonah, I'm sure he was in all kinds of positions, upside down, right side up, stretched out on his belly, laying on his back, laying on his side, standing on his head. So as far as the positions and locations of prayer, there aren't any that are specified. Which brings us to the third question, what about the attitude of prayer? The attitude of prayer. What is the appropriate attitude of prayer? What is the key to being able to talk to God and having him hear your prayers? Well, we talked about first and foremost, you have to be saved. You know, you were saved the same way in the Old Testament as you are in the New, just for clarity's sake, right? Genesis 15, I think it's 15, 6, and Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So you have to be saved. You have to approach him with reverence and respect. You have to come to him empty-handed without excuses, recognizing that you're a sinner who doesn't deserve the privilege of prayer. And, you know, each day, as if it weren't bad enough, we make new sins, just like we breathe. And so in Psalm 51, you see a, a picture of the heart condition of somebody who's offering prayer with the appropriate attitude watch this play out psalm 51 uh, 1 through 4 to the choir master a psalm of david when nathan the prophet went into him after he'd gone into Bathsheba. so david has committed adultery and he's had Bathsheba's husband killed he's an accessory to murder and here comes david you know lord i saw her there she tempted me Uh, it's not my fault lord Uh, Why did you do this to me? That's not what he's doing here. Look at verse one. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. And then David goes on to say in verse 16, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. You see that attitude, don't you, in Daniel's prayer? In Nehemiah's prayer? You know, I don't want to oversimplify But position and locations aside, attitude is everything. When you talk to your heavenly father, you want to show reverence and respect. You want to show contrition. 
You want to think before you speak. You want to come to him empty-handed without excuses, and you definitely don't want to exalt yourself. That's one of the problems with the whole name it, claim it business, you know. They're exalting themselves. Years ago, I had a classmate when we were in seminary. I love seminary. You have all kinds of people there. One of my good friends in seminary was one of the, at one point, before he was saved, was one of the best surfers in the world. The ultimate surf bum. Another another, uh, classmate of mine was a Navy SEAL who basically, in the first Gulf War, simulated an artillery barrage which basically was the signal to start the war. All kinds of people. I had a carpenter. I had a guy who also replaced windshields on cars. And I had a secret service agent who did presidential protection detail for uh, Bill Clinton and Al Gore. And one of, the th- one, of, one of my classmates asked him one day, so what is it like to go into the Oval Office, I mean, to follow the president or the vice president around, to go where they go, to see what they see, to hear what they hear. Chiefs of state, chiefs of staff, secretary of state. What is that like? I mean, what do you do? You just stand there like a, like a light or a lamp? And he said, you know, you realize how unimportant you are, that you're only there, not because you deserve it, but because you've been invited And when you come into that room, you don't say anything. You conduct yourself with humility. You recognize that everybody in that room is more important than you are. And when you have to speak, you choose your words very, very carefully. Well, that's a picture of of our attitude towards prayer. There's almost a protocol for it. Just like there's a protocol in the Oval Office. Which brings us to our fourth question. Are there blueprints for prayer? What are blueprints for prayer? What are are the protocols? Are there protocols? And I would say yes and no to that. When I say protocol, we already talked about there's no perfect position. There's no stance. There's no holding your hands a certain way or praying with your eyes open, praying with your eyes closed. With my illness right now, if I close my eyes, I have no balance and I go down unless I'm hanging on to something. So I I, I suspect that God will hear my prayer when I pray with my eyes open and I'm sure he'll hear yours too. But what about formatting your prayers? As a younger Christian, and I went through navigators, I'm always thankful for them, um, I learned ways to organize my prayers, I guess. And I learned some acrostics and I was gonna share them with you today. Hopefully these acrostics might help some of you. Some of you may have been Christians for a long time. Some of you may be needing to rejuvenate or jumpstart or restart your prayer life. Here's some acrostics, some acronyms to consider. One is ACTS, A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And we'll talk about them in a minute. The other is cats. Now, this isn't about dogs and cats, guys. Some people don't feel comfortable praying until after they've confessed their sin and kind of cleared the table in their mind of all obstacles between them and God. So it's switching things up just a little bit. A is for adoration. That's just adoring God. That's just saying true things about God. It's like praise. Oh Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. 
Daniel's address. Or, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Or, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Adoration. Just express your appreciation, your love, your zeal for God, verbally or or silently in your heart or mind. Then there's confession. Remember Daniel? We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments. Nehemiah talks about, I and my household have sinned. David in Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. I mean, you can just feel David sweat. You can sense his anxiety. You can taste his contrition. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned, Father. Confession. Thanksgiving. Psalm 103, verses one through five. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that was in me, bless his holy name. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals you of your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Thanksgiving, you're just thanking God for things. I'm reminded sometimes that adoration and thanksgiving can sometimes look alike the way Spanish and Portuguese sound alike, but there's a little bit difference there. Then there's supplication. Supplication is a multisyllabic word which means asking for stuff. It's okay to ask for stuff. But I I hope you notice, and we'll get into this a lot later in the... uh, series in the coming weeks that's pretty much not on the top of the list now in Acts 124 the disciples were trying to choose a replacement for Judas and they asked for stuff it says in Acts 124 and they prayed and said you Lord you know the hearts of all show which one of these two you have chosen so you ask him for big stuff Daniel 9, 16, O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city of Jerusalem because of our sins. Your people have become a byword among all, the, all around us. Now, therefore, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant and his pleas for mercy and for your own sake. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Do not delay for your own sake, O oh my God, because your city and your people who are called by your name. So supplication is also called petitioning. It could be called intercession. You could be asking for things for you or asking for things for others. And that's what Daniel is doing here. But you've got to notice the attitude of reverence and respect. It's filled with confession and repentance. Daniel asked God for things and it's okay to do so. Just always remember this. God isn't a genie in a bottle. There are only three answers to prayer. Yes, no, and wait. Okay, there's another acrostic I'll walk you through. It's called pray. P-R-A-Y. And all three of these are derived, by the way, from the model prayer or the so-called Lord's Prayer in Luke and in Matthew. P is for praise. That's kind of like adoration. Could also be like thanksgiving. R is for repent. That's like confession. A is for ask. That's like supplication. 
Why is for yield. I like this acrostic too, particularly because of the why is for yield. Because sometimes we ask for things that we don't, that we don't need or that we shouldn't have. We ask God to do things that are inadvertently, perhaps on our part, contrary to his will, contrary to his nature or his character. And so yielding, I think, is personified by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he's arrested and later crucified. And he says this, Nevertheless, not what I will, Father, but what you will. What did he say before that? If it's possible, take this cup away. But if not, not what I will, but what you will. Prayer is a privilege that too many neglect because they lack a framework for prayer. Or maybe a blueprint. Speaking of which, there is another question about prayer we want to ask. What are the mechanics of prayer? What are the mechanics of prayer? Now, when you say that, it sounds really, well, I don't want to pray a mechanical prayer, so maybe I should have said logistics. Prayer is or should be a relatively easy process. However, from time to time, there are what I call environmental factors that inhibit those prayers. Uh, You may be just plain old-fashioned emotionally worn out from a trial or a situation or a circumstance. Your heart may be broken or crushed within you, and you just don't feel like you can think straight. You can't focus. Could be fatigue. Could be the neighbors playing that music loud again above or below you or next door. What do you do? I have two suggestions for you. One is, when you can't focus, and believe me, there are times where I can't focus, where I've done a counseling session or something has happened and and my mind is just tied in square knots and Gordian knots that I cannot untie. And so to focus, I write my prayers out. I take out a piece of paper and I write a letter to God. Now you're saying, that sounds weird. Well, David did it a lot. You find that, we call that the Psalms. He wrote his prayers out in some form. Now, if I'm doing counseling, I shred the prayer after I've written it out because I don't want to get struck by lightning or hit by a car and have somebody find your business in the street. You know what I mean? But you can write your prayer out. You know who else wrote his prayers out? And this, this is a Rorschach test to tell where you're from. Augustine, or known popularly in the South where I come from, Augustine. Have you ever read his confessions? That's just one giant prayer. That book, Augustine's Confessions, is one humongous prayer. So write them out. That works. The other one is scripture praying. And I know that a, a couple of small groups, and I think a fellowship group does this, It's where you basically take a passage and you read a verse and pray the idea afterwards. Or you just may read the verse as your prayer. We'll just take a a little sample of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Father, thank you for taking the time to listen to my prayer, for taking care of me for supplying my needs according to the riches of your grace. Help me to appreciate all that I have. You do so much and I take you so for granted. 
Forgive me for lacking gratitude. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Oh, Holy Spirit, move me from the chaotic places in my mind to a quiet place where I can be still and know that you are God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Father, I know that you protect me from dangers and that you correct me when I step out into sin. I thank you that nothing can separate us. I thank you that I'll always be yours. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I thank you that my salvation is secure. That once I am saved, I will always be saved. And I thank you that because of that, your grace never leaves me and that heaven is my home. Scripture praying. You can do it with almost any passage in the Bible. You might struggle a little bit in Leviticus, but that's up to you. But here's the thing. I just want to say this again. Prayer, having said all that we've said today, is mysterious. There, is, there are things about it that are hard to, to understand sometimes. And when we're scripture praying, we're not necessarily unpacking the text, but using the text as a guideline for prayer to facilitate us logistically or mechanically or however, to format or organize our prayers. But prayer is a mystery because as we said before, you can't make God do anything that he already hasn't decided to do. It doesn't change God. And yet somehow, some way, it activates God. It activates his will in our life. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. The effect of fervent prayers of a righteous man accomplishes much. Prayer is a mystery. Yes, it's important, definitely. It's not complex. It's simpler than we've made it sometimes and yet more complex than we might have believed. Prayer is talking to God. It takes many forms. And since prayer is talking to God, what do you do with this message? Well, the application is simple. Avail yourself to this high privilege. Pray whenever and however you can. Access this incredible resource. Take full advantage of your inheritance. Don't neglect prayer. Make it a priority. And pray whenever and however you can, whether you dash off a prayer in a jam whether you write your prayer out in distress or whether you are just in the quietude of your home, being still and knowing that he is God and you are his servant and talking to your Abba Father. Make sure, make sure that you use this incredible and wonderful resource. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for examples in the Bible that we can lay hold of and emulate. We thank you, Father, that wherever we are, whether we are in the last moments of our life like the thief on the cross or just starting our Christian life, that we can pray to you and the sovereign king of the universe who is at once our father and our God will listen to what we have to say. We thank you for these 
amazing, amazing graces, Lord. Help us never to take them for granted. Help us, Lord, to take advantage of all that you have given us because you want us to pray. And that's why you said, when you pray, pray like this, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.